0: And uh, this retreat, as always, is about the most important thing. One way to make contact with the most important thing in your life is to remember death. That you're going to die soon, and you don't know when. And if you take that to heart, not, not in order to scare you, but to empower you, then, uh, so what would be really important? What would you want to take with you from this life? How do you want to spend your time? What is your song you want to sing? Who, you, who do you want to be, knowing that you're going to die soon? It's like our lives are so short. And I, I think it's something we, we, we need to discover ourselves and we might find different names. But uh, I think in the end, every one of us comes up with something like love, isn't it? love giving love and lama yeshe in his book on uh, the introduction to tantra writes in the first uh, in the first chapter that all spiritual paths are about making contact with that universal love within within us. The universal love within us. It's not your love. It's not I need to love. It's it's a common ground we all share. So he, he says all spiritual paths be they Buddhist or not, and this is quoted from this book, be they Buddhist or not, they are about making contact with that source of love within us, within all of us. We are born with it, it is undestructible, and it wants to emerge through us. So that's what we are going to melt into. If you, if you use your daily life to melt into love, you will be able to die without regret, for sure. In the Buddhist past, there's like two kind two, uh, two approaches to that. One is kind of digging from above, so essence love. I I use the word essence love to kind of distinguish it a bit from you know, romantic love, which is also a great thing. But uh, so essence love, so like digging from above, and and the other. Approaches, how to put it? Uh. Difficult to say. <laughs> Uh, so the other the other way is to the other way is like a shift into that which is already there. So letting the love shine, uh, trusting glimpses of that big love, and finding effortless ways to make these glimpses more and more happen in your life. And in this retreat we will do do both, digging from above and becoming quiet so that we can hear the whisper of our heart, which is always there. Whispering. Part of this uh, journey of the of this exploration is to explore doing nothing and effortlessness. Again, Lama Yeshe, in this first, uh, first chapter of his book, saying, you have everything you need to be complete right now. You have everything you need to be complete right now. It's a matter to recognize that and trust that. Doing nothing and exploring effortlessness. Doing nothing is very challenging for us. Trusting doing nothing. Trusting that you are lovable and that that you are lovable and that you have a right to be here without being productive without getting things done. That you're lovable and precious even if you feel broken. Even if there's a big unresolved wound in your heart. So doing nothing, exploring effortlessness and exploring what happens if you allow every moment to be exactly what it is is difficult, challenging, scary sometimes. Silence and doing nothing is scary for some people. So I ho- I, I hope you have some good moments in this retreat. But the difficult moments are much more interesting. Much more interesting, the difficult moments. This afternoon I, I, read, a, I read a little um, metaphor you say metaphor or metaphor? Metaphor. Metaphor. Uh, a little metaphor. Probably I've heard it. I've heard it also often. But somehow it kind of really hit me. That's, a, that's really good to notice. Yeah? So that gives me also the confidence to tell you some stories some of you have already heard a lot. Yeah? Because sometimes, suddenly you get a story. Yeah? So And that's the story about this. Monkey hunters. So these uh, people who you know, they, they 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 hunt monkeys, and the trick they use is that they put a banana into a container and in the hole to grab the banana. So small that the monkey can just put in his hand, and then he gets, then he grabs he grabs the banana, and but then he does not get out, he does not get out the hand anymore. So because he makes it makes it into the fist to hold the banana. Mm-hmm. And then and then the poor monkey does not get it. So the hunter can, can get the monkey. So the 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 monkey can't let go. And it would be so easy. You know? so let's just let go and, and get your hand out. And but even Facing death, death, facing no, the predator, the human being, uh, the monkey does not let go. So part of, part of what I want to explore in this retreat is how to drop the banana. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good title for a retreat. <laughs> how to drop the banana. Because it's not about developing love, it's about making contact and trusting what is already there. But we need to let go. And somehow this is somehow this is difficult to let go of the banana. Because we, we, we have invested so much into our bananas, into the stories we tell ourselves about us and victim stories and blaming stories, blaming us and others and, and you know, identifying, us, uh, identifying ourselves with our history and the stories and with all the shit which comes up in our mind as all our bananas. And then letting go into essence love is scary because essence love is nothing. (coughs) It's a bit too extreme to say nothing, but I just uh, like to be extreme sometimes. So it's difficult to trust your heart. It's difficult to trust love. So, this is a kind of meditation instruction for this retreat, drop the banana. It's also it will be also my favorite answer to any kind of question. <laughs> <laughs> If you, can't, if you start problem solving in this retreat, you can just say, drop the banana. <laughs> drop the banana and ask instead, what is here, what is here, so we are working with what is here, because this is all what, it, what really exists, this, this moment. Past is gone, future has not happened yet. This is what is. So what is here if there's no problem to solve? What is here if there's no problem to solve? If your mind goes to imaginary problems somewhere in the past or in the future, dock the banana. That's not here. But what is here, when there's no problem to solve? This here, this is all there is. If your mind goes to a problem, drop the banana. And if you drop the banana, there's a moment of space, a moment of openness, a tenderness. Then you can listen to the whispers of your heart. Let's uh, sit quietly for 10-15 minutes. Then I would like to have a little round. (coughs) And then I will talk a bit about the coming days. And now take a few moments to... Pay more attention to your inner life, if you like you can close your eyes and check in. Feel how is the inner weather? What do you bring with you into this moment? as part of this welcoming, this welcoming yourself, notice how your awareness slides from the head into the body, even down into your feet. And your hands. You might become aware of the breath, of the flow of the in and out breath. yourself be uh, nothing is excluded just bring yourself along maybe you're a bit tired or anxious maybe there's something bothering you from your life so just let it be just just notice If it supports you, you can slide on each in-breath down into the body, (coughs) into the trunk of your body in particular. And if it's possible for you with the out-breath If you can soften, and give space in your belly, in your shoulders, so your whole body can relax a little tiny bit. Of course, thoughts continue to arise, that's fine, just let that be okay. And if possible, let them drift somewhat into the background. There's nothing you need to think about right now. There's nothing you need to do or nothing you need to defend, nothing you need to understand. So right now, thoughts are not that important. If you notice that you get entangled into the stream of thinking, gently, slowly, you return back to your hands, to your belly. Turning, resting. And keep your awareness open into your surroundings as well. Returning, resting, opening. There's nothing you need to do. Just being here is enough. The work is already done by just being here, just sitting here. You grab a banana, drop it. Stay here with us. in this moment where you have everything you need. The sounds, sound of the watch, sounds in this room, the sound of my voice. yourself big. Then even if you are tired or somewhat agitated, maybe you can still for short moments appreciate the stillness. surrounding and underlying, pervading your experience. There is an ocean of calm. There's nothing to do with you calming down. It's something surrounding you, pervading you. something we share. And then towards the end of this first meditation, I would like to ask you some questions and listen to what's coming up for you. Why are you here? They are longing in you for something, a curiosity. Is there something unresolved in your heart? Is there something you're looking for? You're seeking answers to some questions you have. Why are you here? What do you need? Maybe before the break I say a few practical things. And then (coughs) after the break another meditation and a bit of the introduction. So practical. Um, Yeah, the schedule is is there. When do we start in the morning? 6.30. 6.30 with me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Morning meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then... A session with me after breakfast and with Urika, and then the same in the, in the afternoon. And uh, the morning session and the afternoon session, I mean the longer one, is a mixture of sitting, walking, sitting. So we're going, we're going to sit about 35 minutes, maybe in the beginning, in, tomorrow a little less, and then 35 minutes, and then we will do walking meditation outside and come back and continue. I will uh, before every session and maybe after the session I will give little talks, uh, instructions, uh, some inspirational things. I will guide the meditations, so which uh, is you know not every not that's not happening in every retreat, but but it's somehow the way I do it. Uh, so I'm, I'm not kind of talking, 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 but you know, I, I will give some guidance or some and that does not mean that you need to do what I say. It's more you know, it's more an invitation, it's an offering. Uh, and you, So if it's not helpful for you, then you just let it pass. In the evening, there will be time for question and answer. Um, I'm not sure, but maybe in the evening. I think tomorrow we will do it in the evening. Uh, also a bit of maybe sharing of experience, and, you know, so if you have questions, if you struggle... You can always uh, approach me if you are in a place where you feel stuck, if something coming comes up, and, and you want to, you know, reach out, then you can talk with me or Ulrika at any time. And so usually in the in the time when Ulrika is teaching the yoga, I'm I'm in my room, so you can just knock and and, and come, and, and then we can talk. I don't uh, do like uh, appointed interviews or something like this, uh, uh, but uh, I'm available. If I see that someone is struggling, I might also approach you. Uh, So I have an eye on everyone, so you're uh, you're not just like left somewhere. But of course part of a silent meditation retreat is also to explore your capacity to be with whatever arises that does not mean that it is also helpful to learn and to have environments where you can share what arises for you it's part of the growing up process to be able to do that and have and have an environment where that is possible for you but that's not what we are training here so what we are the skill we are training here is to love to be to be be lovingly aware of whatever arises and to develop a confidence inside of you that you can be with your feelings that they are not dangerous whatever they are so part of creating that container where you explore this capacity to be lovingly aware for whatever arises is silence and silence means not talking and I'm serious about it. It's not like, yeah, it's not so important. And, uh, so it is, uh, it's it's a kind of commitment for everyone who comes. Maybe it was not said, but now you have to take that commitment. So silence uh, means not talking. Uh, and being with that, you know, for, for most people it is actually a pleasure. Once you get used to it, it's this. It's really, it's really nice. But for some people, uh, it might be difficult. You know? uh, either when you are struggling, when there is something difficult, but also when there is something wonderful. Uh, so to, and uh, we, we, we are exploring this uh, capacity we all have to be lovingly, silently present with who we are in any moment. And within that everything is allowed to arise everything nothing is excluded everything is allowed to arise so sometimes uh and that's the uh, that's why the offer of uh, you talking with me sometimes when you notice that uh, so you so you, you you keep silence and you sit with what is arising. You sit with it arising, but you feel, after some time, it's not moving. It's just I'm torturing myself, uh, or it gets worse. Yeah. Then of course, then it's helpful to to talk, and then you just approach me. Don't be. Don't feel I need some private time or something like this. I mean, I'm just sitting here and sharing my meditation practice. So this is not. Like I'm not like tired in the evening even because I worked hard or something like that. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and and I'm not planning even what I say. It's just flowing out. Uh, I also uh, offer uh, Skype sessions. Um, so if you come come some come come in contact with something you would would want to have longer a longer conversation with me so you can also write to me and then we can talk over Skype not for free yeah. so this is kind of my livelihood but it's uh, it, it's uh, it can be sometimes really helpful to have uh, an elder spiritual brother Mm-hmm. Um, I I recommend not to read. Usually I say you know, it doesn't matter, you know, but this time I say I recommend not to read. Um, because uh, uh, this is not like a philosophy course. Why? It's not. Uh, I mean, obviously it it happens in the Buddhist framework, but you know, it actually doesn't matter. You know what kind of. Spiritual background you have. What we are exploring here is a common, common to all spiritual traditions. Uh, so it's really about having some space to explore your inner life, to be, to to discover your inner life, to explore your inner life. And uh, and for that it is good to do nothing. And not to, kind of get more information and trying to understand things and you know reading in a book about your inner life you don't need to read an 800 book 800 pages book about consciousness That's not helpful here uh, because we will we, we will look through the only means where we can really explore consciousness and that is through consciousness through our own consciousness our own consciousness so, of course, I'm not saying you are not allowed to read. You know, sometimes it's helpful uh, if it's something inspiring. But if you do, then do it moderately, mindfully. And you know, bring yourself into that challenging place of not knowing what to do next. Well, now I have one hour break. What should I do? How about sitting under the tree? Going for a walk. Just staring at the water. How about not trying to be productive? Also not productive in a spiritual sense. Just how about wasting time, completely wasting time? Being completely useless? And that is an invitation, not a threat. Uh, so silence starts tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Uh, so that tonight you can, you know, talk a bit with your neighbor in your room and you know, get to know each other a bit more, if that's if you if that is what you want to do. But don't go to bed too late, because one of the things which is important in that exploration is that we sleep enough. So my recommendation for the breaks is uh, to rest. Maybe catching up some sleep if you couldn't sleep. Don't get busy busy in the breaks and then uh, you need to catch up sleep while you're sitting here. This is also a key when that happens. I, I don't mind at all. I enjoy when people fall asleep. Uh, but... Um, it, it would be better the other way around that you sleep in the breaks and the lunch break or uh, so on. rest. Do what do do what is good for you. Uh, so here in this room, uh, my my intention is to create a space where we that we together it's something we do together that we feel welcome, and that we feel we can bring anything into this room, no matter what. So we are not here to kind of do the usual social game, everything is okay, because it's not. It's it's, it's not for everyone here. Yeah. So we don't need to pretend that, that it is, that we have everything together, and because that's not the case. Uh, So it's like, uh, the the wish is that this is not a a room where you feel, oh, I hope I do it right, am I mindful enough, or am I supposed to do something special, or so to kind of drop all of that, and that you feel, oh, yeah, I can come and sit here, and no big deal, I'm a bit tired, I have headache, so I can sit mean no uh, so you have to come to all sessions also to the sessions of America. Uh and you know if you don't feel like if you don't feel like it that's completely okay but you come and then then that's I mean, if you don't want to come, and then you come, because that's your commitment, that's so fascinating to explore that. I don't want to be here, it's, so, it's a waste of time. Or I'm, yeah? So that's part of your inner life, and it's, it's fascinating to get to know that part. So you don't need to sit like this, so uh, if, you, you know, if you feel it's too uncomfortable, or you're tired. Too tired, we can. Do we have more of the yoga mats, or is that all? Oh, yeah, There's a good. few more. So we can put two there. Or, I mean, just if someone wants to lie down uh, in the in the meditation session, it's a good meditation posture, the, the lying down. How is it called in the <coughs> yoga? Sha, shavasana. Shavasana. The shavasana uh, posture. Do you show that to people? Yeah, we do it like in every yoga session. So that's good. So this is, I think, for most of us, the most important meditation Mm -hmm. posture. It's Uh, also the uh, most important yoga position. Yeah. So I I would say for most of us, that posture is more important than like, like this. And then, you know, combining, lying down, sitting, uh, yeah, lying down. And sitting. I mean, we, sometimes I use I need I also some body scan, but the room is a bit too small for that. So I, I think we we wouldn't have space. But so, but those of you who have back problems or or you ha- you actually are a bit sick, you know, that can happen. Then then you can lie down here. It's also important for the sense of being part that we do this journey together, that we all participate. Yeah. It's not like just a private trip, like this is my retreat and it's about me. But you know, it's also this being together. Yeah. So we, I will come back to that point that a group retreat is a group retreat, and, and there's a purpose for being in a group retreat, you know, using these moments of annoyance with people, and and. I hope we annoy each other a bit. Otherwise we have to find some annoying people (laughs) and pay them. (laughs) Uh, And also like in the breaks and you know when we do walking meditation and so if you notice that you get into this kind of me-and-my-practice uh, well, see if you can stay connected with the others. And for that it's also good you know, the, what is called karma-yoga, you know, the, the, cooking, the cooking together and, and giving something into, into this. We can't do this alone, I mean it's all of us or nobody. It's nothing like private enlightenment or something like that. Private awakening. It's it's all or not. Nobody. Um, yeah. So coughing, sneezing, uh, yawning, uh, crying it's all allowed. And you, don't, you also don't well, allow the space for this. You don't need to feel oh, you disturb the others. By, with what? By, by having a moment of compassion because you cough? Oh, sorry, I disturbed you, <laughs> I disturbed you. <laughs> it's silly to think like that. That would be a complete misunderstanding of meditation. As a you know, as if a person coughing can dis- can destroy your meditation or can distract you or something like that. Uh, then also, you know, if you need to change position, then you do that. Uh, anyway, the meditation posture is alive. There's always some you know, There's always movement, even if if you seem to be quite still. You don't lock yourself into a. German soldier mm-hmm. posture. <laughs> it's alive. It moves. Uh, then also the chairs, so you could, uh, you know, shift in the sessions, or I do sit once one session on the floor, one session on a chair, or so you can. Uh, so, uh, so the, to the, through the silence. So this also uh, is, you know, for friends going for a walk. is in silence. So it means not talking. I say that just again to give a clear definition of what silence means. So that does not mean that you know that we uh, that there is, uh, you know, the possibility for contact, like looking at each other or smiling at each other while you're maybe giving a hug or something. Yeah? Um, so in some retreats they call it noble silence and you're supposed to kind of look down and not look at anyone. But you know, this is the context in which we have practice here is, uh, is in the Mayana tradition, so the Mayana tradition is relational. So we don't isolate ourselves, but we still keep silence. But if someone is like that, that's fine also. Yeah? So it's not. I'm not saying you have to smile at others. Is, so this is not a teach natan smiling competition. Yeah. Uh, so if you feel shy, or you know you have a grumpy day, or or you want to practice noble silence, then you are very welcome. And then if people feel offended by that, that's their problem. So in the kitchen, of course, there will be a bit of instructions and talking. Uh, you don't need to whisper for that. Yeah? You don't need to shout, but you, know, you just talk normally. And, uh, But it's good to be aware that it does not slip into... Uh, Small talk, yeah. so it's more like information and question, and so on. And there will be some conversations. I will check check up a few times uh, and uh, play the German police officer <laughs> <laughs> uh, to remind us. Um, Yeah. 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 I think before every session starts, and I will go around uh, with the bell up in the rooms and outside, just to know that now we're starting in uh, Mm -hmm. ten minutes. In 10 minutes, yeah, Yeah, okay, so then you slowly get ready and uh, see or try not to bring many things into this room, like, you know, piling your belongings around you, Uh, but, you know, just keep it nice and and, uh, simple. Uh, You don't need to take notes Um, if you want to uh, hear this again. I will make the recordings available, but also I'm, I'm saying always the same thing, so you can you can listen to you know anything, uh, and, and it's always the same. So it's more. It's like also when I talk, uh, it's not it's not about information or philosophy. It's more. Also, my talking is more also a guided meditation. So it's about your experience. How does it make you feel, what, what I say? And again, everything is allowed. If you feel it's bullshit and you get upset about it, that's what is, and that's how you feel. And it's interesting to, to notice that. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Why am why I getting so upset with this? Yeah, so it's it's really about experience, in particular, the, the how it feels, so the felt sense in your body. So when I when I say something, sometimes maybe a word like essence love. So then you don't need to write down essence love. Then you miss the point. But how how does it make you feel when I say essence love? Is there a response? Maybe not. But I'm sure some of the things I say. And some of the images I will use, they, they will you will feel you will feel them. And then if you would write something down, you, you would miss that opportunity to feel something, to taste something. And then you can trust that what you are what you can take from this retreat, you will take. And if it's only one thing, then it was worth to come here. So if you just take essence law with you or well, the, the taste of And that's not something you need to write down, it's something you carry in your heart. And in the breaks, uh, for some people it's helpful to write you know, some of your reflection or some of your experiences, like in a kind of diary, so that's, that can be a, some, some, some help to process your experience. I wanted to read uh, something from His Holiness um, from a book. Uh, it's called uh, the, the Heart of Meditation: The Heart of <clears throat> Meditation." I will just give you the bouillon of uh, this quote. So this book, uh, "The Heart of Meditation," the undertitle is "Innermost Awareness." The Discovery of Innermost Awareness. And in this book uh, His Holiness describes how all Tibetan Buddhist traditions uh, transmit the same experience. This transmission of the same experience within all Tibetan lineages this is called, or that's the word His Holiness uses here, is called innermost awareness. This is the translation of the Tibetan word Rigpa, Rigpa. Maybe you have heard it before. So Jeffrey Hopkins was an important translator from Tibetan into English. He chooses this word, innermost awareness. But it is essence love. So that's another word for the same. It is also called Buddha nature or it is called pure awareness or it's called non-dual awareness or it's called the ground or it's called, it is actually also called the great mother, essence love from which everything comes and dissolves back into, so essence love gives birth to everything. And when it is symbolized in the Tibetan tradition, it is often symbolized in, in, in the, in the iconography as a goddess, Tara, Vajrayogini, Paramita. So if they want to make a kind of a drawing of essence love, they, the female, the female, the female embodiment. It's also called emptiness or voidness. It's different names for that which is undescribable so the great mother is undescribable, is ungraspable which makes it a bit which makes the transmission of that experience of essence love a bit a bit challenging because it is another kind of knowing it's such another kind of knowing that it's sometimes called not knowing because it's it's such a different way way of knowing and our mind who, particularly in our culture, we believe in conceptual knowing. We feel that's the way how we know things, by understanding them through stories, through words. But with essence love, every word being said is not it or it's too little. and so you become speechless in the presence of essence love you become speechless so when the buddha had this experience on the on under the bodhi tree he actually first made the decision I, i'm not going to share this nobody will understand me i can't talk about this so he he kept quiet for 49 days just you know just being there in the jungle fortunately he said okay i try So that's the essence of the Tibetan tradition, the transmission of essence love, and many Tibetan Lamas would say it's the essence of all religions, this transmission. Also Lama, Lama Yeshe in his book on Tantra says that. Nevertheless. There seems to be time-tested things, practices we can do, which makes it more possible that this accident happens of making contact with Essence Love. It's nothing we can force. There's no trick. It is also it's, it, you, it's, it doesn't make sense to work hard on it. Nevertheless, maybe it's just to keep us busy in the waiting. <laughs> but you know, so there's a lot of uh, stuff in the Tibetan tradition, which are all just they they are not it, and in a way they are a waste of time. But nevertheless, there seems to be a kind of connection with doing the foundational work, doing the different kinds of meditation and practices, like mental bonding process and so on and so on, uh, which uh, kind of makes it more possible that then this moment of grace happens, uh, which is outside of our control. It's not something we can make happen. So in this retreat I I will share the things we can do. So also you know, so that you feel oh yeah I've learned something, you know I I, I, I I'm I get something out of this. Yeah? But then uh, I will I will do this in the frame of for my side that you have everything you need. And in a way, I I, I know that the other stuff will not really bring you closer to essence love. Because you are essence love. You can't walk to your own feet. You are it already. What you are seeking is what is doing the seeking. That's Francisco Zofasisi. What you are seeking is what is doing the seeking. The, the the Sufis say the longing for Allah is Allah. Because there's only Allah. There's only essence love. So the the three uh skills I want to share with you in this retreat, who who create a foundation for us, is uh, focused awareness, flexible awareness, open awareness, which then leads to natural awareness. And natural awareness is the experience of essence love. So natural awareness is not something you can do. Natural awareness is something which happens through you. It's effortless. It's a discovery of something which is what we which is already here within you around you. It's it's not like it's not personal. It's not your natural awareness. It's uh, it's the foundation, it's the ground, it's the great mother. So, focused awareness, flexible awareness, open awareness, pan- open or panoramic awareness, and then natural awareness. Uh, uh, yeah, natural awareness. And natural awareness is pure awareness or non dual awareness. So focus awareness is pretty straightforward, I can, I, I'll give you some stuff about that. It's what many people think, that's what is meditation. So you have a meditation object, a primary meditation object, and you stay engaged with it throughout the meditation session. What that primary meditation object is can be different. Uh, often, for many people, it's the breath, but it can be, you know, it can be sound, it can be sight, it can be movement, it can be touch, it can be smell, it can be taste, it can be anything. It's just you, you know, what your primary meditation object is, and you develop the skills, which are very precisely described. What the skills are you need, and how to develop them in the in the science of meditation. And it's a training. You can really do something. And if you do it, you get better at it. And you get better at it quite quickly if you do it. It's like going to the fitness center. If you you go to the fitness center, after some time, you will be able to lift more weight. And uh, like provisionally, focus awareness has many benefits, yeah, which is like also now shown in a lot of research, and so it's 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 a good skill to cultivate. So even if you are not interested in, or not yet interested, because you know at one point you will be interested into essence love. Maybe you are more interested right now to kind of have a bit of tools to work with your anxiety. Yeah, so and then and then uh, focused awareness is one of the time-tested and also since like 20 years in, in, in research uh, is one of the skills we can acquire and it's really worth it. So the other uh, flexible awareness, flexible awareness also called choiceless awareness, is the skill uh, of working with the objects uh, in your sitting which present themselves. So in focused awareness you choose an object and you're aware what your meditation object is and you stick with that object and you return when you lose the object. In flexible awareness, you become flex- flexible with it. So what that means is, let's say you have the intention to do a breathing meditation and suddenly there's sadness. And this is quite, quite a common experience because when your mind calms down in a retreat, the stuff you, ha- you are usually, you don't have the space to feel, you know, it's there. It's not that it comes up in the retreat or it's created to retreat. It's just finally there is some space to feel your feelings. So they come. They want to be felt. So then then, some grief comes up. So from a focused, uh, focused awareness point of view, this would be an obstacle. It would be a hindrance. So you would kind of try to lovingly ignore it as best as you can which sometimes goes completely bad. Because you no, know, then the lovingly the ignoring becomes a suppressing. And then we use meditation uh, as an escape. So it, meditation becomes not a way into your inner life, but a, like a, a desperate trying to escape your inner life, to escape who you are. So, flexible awareness is the skill of, uh, kind, of this, uh, kind of being able to decide, no, it's time to let go of the breathing meditation a bit and take this as your meditation object, that which presents itself. So, this could, can be physical discomfort, it can be emotional discomfort. It can be uh, sound. It can be um, it can be pleasure. Yeah. So like intense feelings of pleasure or peace. Yeah. So in that in, in these cases, and we will play with that, and I will show you different ways to work with this. Uh, so you 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 allow the breath, your primary meditation object, to go more into the background and you bring that which is difficult or that which is good into the foreground and you stay engaged with that. So that is flexible awareness. And then at one point for flexible awareness we also then go into Vipassana, meaning we look deeper into the nature of the experience. that anxiety which you are so afraid of, what is it actually? What what is it? Where is it? Why is it so difficult to be with it? What is it actually? When you when you when you drop the words? What is the experience of anxiety? Why is it is it dangerous? In, is it killing you? Why? Why is it so difficult to be with an anxiety? So that that then would be the the vipassana, you know, looking closer into the nature of our experience, because the Buddha saw that we suffer because we project something onto our experience which is not there, which we can't find. We get scared by our own projections, and then if we soften these projections, and we look behind them, what is actually there, then we find there's nothing to be afraid of, except our own projections, except our own stories. So that's flexible awareness. Then open awareness. Open awareness, panoramic awareness, is in the traditional uh, meditation training in the Tibetan tradition, it's called shamatha practice without object. So, focused awareness, flexible awareness is shamatha with object. Shamatha means serenity or calm abiding with the object. So, in open awareness, it's called uh, shamatha without object. It's not really without object, because what is the object in panoramic awareness is the whole field of the experience, including the space within which the experience is happening. So it's a bit like going down to the lake, and sitting there, and just open your whole being to the whole experience, including what you, including the sense of embodiment, but the sounds and so everything at the same time, but also the space. And it's 360 degrees. It's also in the, into the bag, so you open also into the bag, and it's just. Letting the birds fly, and the clouds come and go, and the waves come and go, and you don't choose you don't pick you just you just you're just there you're just aware you you and then if you start to fix you you notice fixing, controlling trying to get somewhere, you're not making prayers that the waves should be smaller, then you drop the banana and you return to a non-controlling, non-fixing, non-interfering. And so panoramic awareness in the Tibetan tradition is a natural, uh, a natural stepping stone towards natural awareness. Yeah. So it's a stepping stone towards uh, pure awareness. Yeah, so it's a, it's a natural stepping stone because if you let go of control, essence love can start to come forward. Yeah, it can, it, uh, kind of it can start it's it can start to shine through. So essence love, uh, and I will, you know, share. Uh, as best as I can, from the experience of essence, essence love, what we uh, what we do there in the Tibetan tradition is something which is called glimpse practices. So glimpse practices are questions. They are short metaphor, metaphor, metaphors. Metaphor. 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 <laughs> uh, metaphors. If Poems, images, uh, symbols, uh, and you kind of drop them in into the into the into your sitting, and you might have a glimpse. It's like, yeah, and, and and you can't you can't hold it, you can't like make it stronger. Or so. it's like just. Like a moment of, and I will try to exp- share how, how it feels, yeah? what the experience is. But it's like this, it's what a Christian would say, is I'm in the presence of the divine. I'm in the presence of God. And God is not separate from me. So it's, it's, a, it's that experience where you kind of drop into a moment of I have arrived, I'm home, this is it. Do I need more? No. I have everything. Do I have questions? No. Our questions are dissolved. Not that they are answered, but they don't make any sense. Do I need something else? No. This is it. What's the purpose of my life? This. Do I need to go somewhere? No. There's no further that's no further to go. I have arrived. I'm home. I'm I'm I arrived in the home which I never left. So that—that that what I just did—that is a glimpse practice. And it does not make sense. Oh, what does he mean? it mean? It does not make sense at all. You are not going to understand the glimpse practices in the sense we, how we usually define, understanding. So. No, and you can't, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't get it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just forget it. You know? It's like, uh, at one point it will hit you. Just just hang around. You know, do the focus awareness, flexible awareness, open awareness. Since this will increase the quality of your life, your joy. You, w- you will have skills to handle the many different Difficult experience and feelings. And, and then at one point, it will just dawn on you. Wow, how could I miss this? It's so simple. It's so close. It's amazing that I didn't get it. and uh, the invitation is also when you go for walks or when you sit quietly somewhere to listen to the whisper of essence love here it's more something you listen to it's not something something you you know you need to work for or it's it's like a scent which is around us and which is here which we just need to notice and you have noticed it before, in other situations. You had moments where where the seriousness of the miserable self dropped. In nature, when you gave birth and held your child for the first time, when you made love with someone you really liked, when you hear a piece of music or you you danced, or you, uh, you were in a power place, uh, a place which uh, is soaked with essence love, and then, then you had a feeling of that. I, I think otherwise you wouldn't be here. Something calls you, yeah. and, and you, you are here, and you know that this, is, uh, that this retreat is connected with the Tibetan tradition, so something in you must be also called by, by great compassion. Otherwise, you would be in the neighborhood, in the Vipassana Center. So, glimpse practices, is, and it's really these short moments. I mean, in, initially, it's like a split of a second. You know, it's also called the gap between the thoughts. You know, that's the moment when you drop the banana and there's a gap. And because, because in order to have problems, you need to think. And if the thinking stops for a moment, then you don't have a problem. It's hard work to have problems. You, you really need to you know, do some work there. <laughs> and if you put down that work for a moment, and there's the gap the gap between thoughts, then what is behind that, what shines through then, through that gap, is essence love, is that which is aware. So one of the glimpse practices, I mean all of what I just said is, is glimpse practices. So it is a guided meditation, it's not a talk, it's a guided meditation. Uh, but before before the session I gave you a glimpse of practice. I said, What is here if there if there's no problem to solve? What is here if there's no problem? So what is here if there's no problem to solve? And then you just you just pause there. It does not make sense. You know, your conception like, yeah, but there's problems at home and there's problems in this planet, yeah, so so but what is here? if there's no problem so so and for some people there's a moment of and for some people it's just and that's fine because there will be the one for you And then it closes again, so then you grab the banana again. Oh, oh yeah, I think that was natural awareness. <laughs> how do how how do I keep it? This was so nice. And maybe I need to work harder. So then you have a banana again, and then and then I say something else, and then you feel ah yeah okay drop the banana. Okay, and then there again, and. Quite often in retreat, these moments of relief, they actually don't happen in the session. But they happen in the breaks, or on the toilet, or when you lie down to fall asleep, or when you go to the lake, or you, know, or you see a butterfly, or, or you, know, you, see, you hear a sound like a goose shouting, or something like that. And suddenly... And suddenly, the little miserable self <laughs> has a break, and you you connect with that which is bigger than you. So that's glimpse practices. So when we do, uh, so tomorrow we will focus on focus awareness, and so. But also in that session, I will always, towards the end, I will drop some some of those koans. Koen, you know, the, they are called koans in the Japanese Zen tradition. So these are these questions which the rational mind can't solve. And, and then you give up. You give up to understand so these are cones and if i say something like that if i give you a glimpse practice and you notice that you go into a, into the head that's fine yeah but that's not the direction you you're not going to find essence love in the frontal cortex it's not there it's a, if you want to localize it then i would rather localize it in the heart no, where you think with your heart, where you feel with your heart—that's that's where I would. You can't localize it. That's one of the ways to describe uh, essence love. It's it's everywhere. It's it's not like localized somewhere. But if you want to localize it, localize it some somewhere in the body, then I guess the heart would be a good place to breathe into the heart, to meditate from the heart, not from the frontal cortex. Okay. It's good that you are here. Really, I appreciate that. Just being here is enough. There's enough essence love here by just walking here, yeah? it's, like, it's like walking through the mist. Yeah? So, so essence love is here and you walk through the mist and suddenly you notice, "Wow, well, I'm wet. I didn't notice it and I didn't do anything for it. It's just happened by me being here.